It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter. At Julian Council, where right now I'm going to need your participation by either adding me or DMing me, but don't get crazy for a weekly Friday mailbag that we do here on Locked On Panthers every Friday throughout the season and throughout the offseason. I answer your mailbag questions, so get those questions in. Any thoughts, any questions you have on the upcoming season opener here on Sunday against the New York Jets, I want those questions in, so give them to me right now by tweeting at me, at Julian Council, and don't forget to follow as well. On today's show, it's a Thursday crossover. My first time doing a Thursday crossover episode. Going to talk to the host of Locked On Jets, John Butchko, about the Panthers-Jets game on Sunday, of course. Going to get his thoughts on what happened in New York with Sam Darnold and his thoughts on Zach Wilson and new regime going on with Robert Sala as their head coach, Mike LaFleur as their OC, Joe Douglas still there as their general manager, and then he'll, of course, he'll ask me what questions he has as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers heading into the season in 2021. So all that coming up right after this on Locked on Panthers. Attention gamblers of all shapes and sizes, our friends at Manscaped have a can't-miss bet for you today. The leaders in male grooming just launched their fourth-generation performance package. The betting odds are in your favor when you use a lawnmower 4.0. Across the board, this is the package to get you in the mood for whatever your gambling heart desires. Ready to take the leap to male grooming royalty? Two million men already have. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code Locked on. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped is the ultimate parlay to take your grooming game to the next level. Hitting a favorite is fun, but shaving with confidence. The folks at Manscaped have given me just that and have my trust when trimming my boys. (laughs) The recently released Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is my favorite of all time. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. Fellas, don't game on shaving your balls with the wrong tools. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right, let's get into it. Julian Council, of course, of Locked On Panthers. For the folks that listen to Locked On Panthers and know me, and our other host, John Butzko of Locked On Jets, who 
half of you guys already know of, assuming that half of the audience is Panthers, half the audience is Jets. John, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Very excited to begin the new NFL season. And I'm um, certainly hoping that Panthers fans also listen to Locked On Jets. I think it's a pretty good, pretty good listen. And Jets fans, feel free to listen to Locked On Panthers once you're finished listening to our daily episodes of Locked On Jets. Absolutely, especially this week leading up to the week one matchup, Sunday, 1 p.m., Bank America Stadium on 800 South Bend Street in uptown Charlotte between the Panthers and Jets. And there's the built-in storyline, John, and we'll spend this time just kind of talking about the Jets leading up to this game. But really, the main conversation leading up to this game is it's a revenge game for Sam Darnold, who was straight away from New York after three pretty abysmal seasons as their starting quarterback. There's been a lot of plays on Adam Gase. It was his fault, and it wasn't really Sam Darnold. He never had any weapons, the offensive line, yada, yada, yada. I'm just curious, what exactly happened in New York, according to you, someone who talks about this team on a daily basis and sat there and deconstructed the film over three years of Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback of the New York Jets? I think as much as anything, Sam Darnold was – kind of dragged down by the organizational failures around him. As you mentioned, Adam Gase was his head coach for two of his three seasons. Gase is about the last guy you would want in the room if you are trying to develop a young quarterback. He just really had no concept of how to build a successful offense in today's NFL. The only reason he got a head coaching job to begin with was that he was fortunate enough to be on Denver's coaching staff at a time where the Broncos had Peyton Manning. He eventually became the offensive coordinator and kind of rode shotgun as Manning produced record-setting results. He then went to Miami and failed there. But it goes beyond these. As you mentioned, there were not a lot of weapons for Sam Darnold. And last year, he lost probably his best weapon, which was Robbie Anderson, who you guys are now well, well acquainted with. The offensive line was a mess around him. And by the end of last season, he was just a guy who was playing with zero confidence. And you could always tell at the beginning of a game that the big mistake was coming. He would always have like a quality first quarter. He'd be playing pretty effectively, but that big turnover, whether it was a fumble, an interception, it was always right around the corner. And this was clearly a guy who was in need of a change of scenery. Now, it's, it's difficult to say what Darnold can do going forward, because I think he clearly was damaged goods. He was dragged down by everything that was happening around him. It destroyed his confidence entirely, and he just did not know which way was up. And you're essentially trying to rebuild him at this point. This was a point I made on Locked On Jets during the course of the offseason. Yeah. When the Jets drafted him in 2018, he was a very promising player. And there was some talk among Jets fans that maybe, you know, a new coaching staff could come in and you could see some of that promise. Well, the thing is, you're not going back to 2018. You have three years of bad habits that were built in. He never really developed his footwork. He was constantly throwing off his back foot into danger, high danger areas. His accuracy was very inconsistent. He's essentially a reclamation project at this point in time. Now, how much of this is Sam Darnold? How much of it can be blamed on the Jets. It's difficult to say. It's difficult to separate this, the surroundings from what Darnold did. But you're essentially trying to rebuild a guy from the ground up. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that too. Because like that's kind of the question. Like, how much of it was Gase and the Jets, and you can't throw out the first year of his co- head coach with Todd Bowles, and 
Let's also look at Sam Darnold's first career pass was a pick six in that Monday night football game against Detroit, Detroit Lions. So he came into the league and immediately showed the kind of player he was going to be for the next three seasons. Now, we'll see how things are different in Carolina, obviously, with Robbie, who already has a rapport with, and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and Dan Arnold that they just brought in from Arizona. He should look better. Like, I think he's going to be way better this year than he's ever been. But does that mean that he is the answer here in Carolina? I'm not quite sure. So it is interesting to hear your perspective in terms of like Sam Darnold and the weapons that are around him. So now you have Zach Wilson in town. I assume that you're probably fine with getting Zach Wilson. You can tell me whether that's true or not, but I imagine that most Jets fans are probably fine with Zach Wilson there at number two. You get the rookie deal. So at least for four years, you have him without having to pay an enormous contract. The fact that Sam had to get his fifth year option picked up there right after the draft kind of made things difficult there for him to stay in New York and try to be built around with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas as a general manager. So I can understand the reasoning behind bringing, sending him to Carolina, at least moving on with Zach Wilson. Is Zach Wilson at least better positioned to have success, unlike Sam Darnold was his first three years with the Jets? Much better, I think. I think that if Zach Wilson fails, there are not going to be the same questions that surrounded Sam Darnold because the Jets have built what on paper should be a much better offensive line. Let me give you an amazing fact. The Jets went 14 years between drafting first-round offensive linemen. Yikes. Since they drafted DeBrickashaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold in 2006, Mekhi Becton last year was the only was the first time that they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. And then they did it again this year. They traded up for Elijah Vera Tucker. So now you have back-to-back first-round picks on this offensive line. You have Connor McGovern, who was a free agent signing from Denver a year ago, a bit of a disappointment in his first season. You have Greg Van Roten, who, again, you got guy yeah, you, you probably know well, who's probably the weak link on the offensive line. But yeah. my view on Van Roten is that if he's your worst offensive lineman, that's, if he's your best offensive lineman, you're in trouble. You should yeah. feature worst offensive line, then you can live with that. At right tackle, it's either going to be Morgan Moses or George Fant. The Jets have not really tipped their hand there yet. My guess is that it's going to be Moses. I think he's got a better track record. And the Jets have also done a much better job surrounding Wilson with quality receivers. You've got Corey Davis, who they brought in, in free agency. You've got Elijah Moore, who was lighting up training camp prior to suffering an injury. And the Jets are expecting him to be an immediate contributor. You've got Jamison Crowder, quality veteran slot receiver. You've got Keelan Cole, who's a nice veteran depth piece. You have Denzel Mims, who's a bit of an enigma. Second-round pick a year ago. Had some food poisoning in the offseason that really kind of set him back. He lost a lot of weight. Jets seem like they're going to be working him in a little bit slowly, slowly, I'm sorry, a little bit slowly this season. But if Wilson fails, it's going to be because Wilson failed. It's not going to be because the Jets let him down. They've done a good job, I think, surrounding him with quality pieces. Yeah, it's interesting to see. Like Corey Davis, I was in Tennessee for a period of time covering the Titans for the ESPN radio affiliate down there. And I was there when he was drafted fifth overall. And there was a ton of excitement about what he potentially could be. Him and Adoree Jackson were both drafted in the first round that year by Tennessee. And both those guys now playing in New York, or I guess New Jersey technically, but playing for New York City teams. One playing for the Jets and Davis, the other playing for the Giants and Adoree Jackson. So I'm interested to see how he plays after coming off a career year last year. I love the draft pick of Michael Carter, the one from North Carolina. I'm a big Tar Heel, so he was awesome last year alongside Javante Williams. So there's actually some interesting pieces there, and they've at least invested on the offense line with the draft pick, like you said, of Elijah Barrett Tucker, and last year, Makai Becton. Now, defensively, I love what you have in Quinnen Williams. But the rest of the defense, I feel like there's a lot of question marks, right? Very well said. Uh, Quinnen Williams is expected to be a big impact player for the Jets, really came on at the end of last year. It was his second year in the NFL. 
he really began to put the pieces together. And they also have a good, I think they made a really good signing in the offseason, bringing in Sheldon Rankins to play next to Quinn and Williams. He's a guy you, you're probably well familiar with in the, from the NFC South. Yeah. Their other big ticket addition on the defensive line was Carl Lawson. They were expecting a lot out of him, but he suffered a season-ending injury in a joint practice with Green Bay. So the edge is a bit of a question mark. They did make a deal with Houston for Shaq Lawson, got him for a, a sixth-round pick, which I think was a good move. But he's not going to replace Carl Lawson in anything except the, the, having the, same, the uh, same last name. And corner is an enormous question mark. I mean, they, they don't have anything at corner right now, if I'm going to be honest with you. They have a bunch of first- and second-year players. Every single guy except for Justin Hardy, who is really going to be a special teamer, is either a first- or a second-year player. And these are all guys who are either late-round picks or undrafted free agents. So they, this, this new coaching staff is really banking on its ability to coach people up. At the linebacker position, you have C.J. Mosley, who was a perennial pro bowler in Baltimore, but really has missed the last two seasons. He only played two games in 2019 because of injuries, and he opted out because of the pandemic last year. And you never know what you're going to get from a guy who's missed two seasons. So I think it's very accurate when you, you say that you have Quinn and Williams and you have a bunch of question marks. Yeah, and I'm interested, too, with Robert Sala coming over. He's a defensive guy, of course, had an awesome defense in San Francisco. When they were healthy two years ago, they were what, up by two scores, about six minutes left in that Super Bowl down in Miami against the Chiefs. was very close to being a Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator. He now comes over, brings Mike LaFleur, who's going to bring the same offense that you saw in San Francisco, the same offense that you see up in Green Bay with his older brother, Matt, coaching Aaron Rodgers. What's the overall expectations just from that coaching staff and the general vibe around them as they enter into year one as a, as a first-time play caller with Mike LaFleur and then as a first-time head coach in Robert Sala? Well, the Jets have not made the playoffs in a decade, and that is double the next longest drought in the NFL. Last year's 2-14 and 14 season was kind of a culmination of a decade of futility. You're talking about drafting, personnel moves, coaching. It's going to take some time to rebuild after that. So, you know, I don't know that this is a playoff team this year. I don't know that those are the expectations for this team. I think what you're hoping for now, if the Jets win two games again this year, this season's a failure. I don't think there's any question about that. You need to have more than two wins. Putting an exact win total on it, I mean, I think maybe the five to six to seven win area is probably, probably what you're aiming for in a realistic world. But more than that, you want to see professionalism. You want to see this team competitive on a week-to-week basis because last year, this team looked like it did not belong on the field with its opponents most weeks. Most weeks. So as much as anything, you just want to see a team that looks like it's moving in the right direction. I think an ideal scenario would be something along the lines of what Cleveland did Baker Mayfield's rookie year where they were coming off that 0-16 season. And they had a losing record, but they kept getting better throughout the course of the season. And by December, they were a young team that was coming together that nobody wanted to play them. I think that would be kind of the ideal scenario for the Jets in a realistic world. Yeah, there's nothing like the hope of a franchise quarterback coming to town and a new head coach and the hopes that maybe things will be better. And like you said, it's been a, a while since the Jets have been a playoff team and been a contender at all in the National Football League. Let's take a quick pause, John. Then on the other side, you can ask me what you want to ask about the Carolina Panthers as we head into Sunday's matchup here in Charlotte. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, week one, Jets-Panthers, our first crossover Thursday episode of the season. I'm John from Locked On Jets, along with Julian from Locked On Panthers. Julian, I have to ask the question that's on everybody's mind from the Jets heading into this week one game. How has Sam Darnold looked through, looked through training camp and the preseason? Well, I think early on, if we go back to May and June of OTAs and mandatory minicamp, when he was trying to learn the offense, it was a little bit up and down. But since the pads came on down in Spartanburg where they host their annual training camp at Wofford College, he's been pretty solid. Didn't see much of him. We didn't see him at all in the first preseason game against the Colts. Didn't see much of him. Only seven plays against the Ravens in the second preseason game. Had a completion to his former teammate. And now, now teammate again, Robbie Anderson for a first down. And the only other time he attempted a pass was him just throwing the ball out of the end zone to get rid of it on when there's no one uh, open there on a first down and goal. So two good decisions by Sam Darnold. I thought he looked really solid against the Steelers in the third preseason game. Hat looked awesome in that final two-minute drive, hitting DJ Moore on fourth down for a first down, then two straight dimes to Terrace Marshall over the middle, and then a back shoulder throw to Robbie Anderson for a touchdown. You saw a lot of good things from Sam Darnold. Now, you also saw some things that raised some alarms when there was a third down over the middle, throws to Robbie Anderson, behind him should have been picked off that's Minka Fitzpatrick and not the Steelers twos that's an interception in my opinion there was also one play where Sam was trying to do a little bit too much and could have led to them either being out of field goal range or Mike Tomlin challenged this could have been a fumble so there's a lot of up and down good things you saw from Sam Darnold but also some things that could concern you that we saw from during training camp and the preseason but overall I think it's been pretty positive with Sam Darnold building up his confidence as we head into the 2021 season, and hopefully the Carolina Panthers have found their new franchise quarterback. Now, Jets fans are pretty familiar with the Carolina group of skilled players. Everybody knows Christian McCaffrey, and we know Robbie Anderson. He was with the Jet for four years, a successful undrafted free agent signing. Who are some of the other key players in this offense? Yeah, Terrace Marshall, I think he was a key draft pick for the Carolina Panthers. He came in probably battling for the number three wide receiver slot with David Moore, who they brought in from Seattle. He won that spot. They actually ended up waving David Moore. So he's chewing to be the number three wide receiver. Love his talent. He probably would have been a first-round pick coming out of LSU had he not had the knee issue that kind of had some teams go away from him. The, the Panthers actually had a first-round grade on Terrace Marshall. So I expect him to have a pretty solid rookie season as a number three option. I mean, obviously, McCaffrey and DJ Moore are the two guys you're going to think of. But Dan Arnold, a free agent that they picked up from Arizona last year, had a career year. He's a converted tight end, was a wide receiver back in college, playing Division II football in Wisconsin. He's looked really good. All the training camp reports I've seen have been the connection that him and Sam Darnold have in the red zone. And last year, the Carolina Panthers were 28th out of 32 teams in the National Football League in red zone touchdown percentage. So that number needs to go way up. And having a guy like Terrace Marshall, who has the size that he has at 6'4 and the speed, and then having a Dan Arnold, who already has a connection with Sam Darnold, is going to be Sam Darnold, Dan Arnold. It's going to be fun to say all year. will be interesting to see the Carolina Panthers trying to take that next step 
and with their offense this year with Darnold under center. But he has plenty of weapons. The main concern, though, is the offensive line and whether they can protect him. Because as you know, that was an issue he had his first three seasons up in New York. And let's talk about that offensive line. What are some of the concerns that you have? Well, there's only one guy you can really depend on. It's Taylor Moten, who just signed a mega extension, four years, $72 million over the next five years here in Carolina. He's going to make, I think, $85 million potentially. He's a fantastic player. But outside of that, I don't really know what the Carolina Panthers have. John Miller, who's going to be missing on Sunday afternoon because he tested positive for COVID. He's unvaccinated based off of him being out for 10 days. He will not be playing. But he was a starter last year at right guard and went healthy. He was penciled in to be a starter again this year, but now they're going to have Dennis Daly, who has shown that he can play, whether left tackle or inside at guard, where I think he's actually going to stick in the NFL. And he actually is probably their sixth starter, which head coach Matt Rule said earlier this week. So there's confidence in him, but he wasn't going to be their top guy. You look at center, Matt Paradis, really struggled that third preseason game, struggled his first year here in Carolina after breaking his leg and coming over from Denver last year, bounced back. But this is going to be his final year as he ages and the Panthers want to find some younger guys on the offensive line. My main concern is that left side. Pat Elfline, Cam Irving, Pro Football Focus rated like 100-something offensive linemen over the last three years in terms of how many who played over 1,500 snaps or whatever. And those were two of the – bottom five graded offensive linemen. And those two guys, Cam Irving and Pat Elfline, were the first two guys signed in free agency by the Carolina Panthers. I understood that they wanted to address the offensive line, that they value versatility, because Elfline potentially could slide over and be the center next year. He probably has more of a center build than a guard build currently. And Irving also has played guard. He's now going to be the starting left tackle, at least for now. There are certainly a lot of concerns about those guys who have proven – in multiple stops across the National Football League, that they're really not starting caliber players. Maybe they'll improve this year. I don't know. The Panthers do have options in terms of depth with the two guys they drafted in Deontay Brown, a six-rounder out of Alabama, who was a monster. Dude's like 350 pounds, was a, just plowing through dudes throughout the preseason. If he gets an opportunity, I think he could really be good for them in the future. Brady Christensen was All-American last year at left tackle, protecting Zach Wilson's blind side. But the Panthers see him as more of a guy on the right side, as far as where his future is. But currently, the guy on the right side, Taylor Milton, who's more comfortable there, is being signed to be there for the next five seasons. So there's plenty of concern in terms of just the talent that they have in the offensive line. I think they have options if some of those guys falter, but they're young. So in the, in the National Football League, you're not really quite sure – especially with offensive linemen who take a while to develop if you're ready to have them go out there and you can rely on them to give Sam Darnold the protection that he needs. More of me and John in just a moment. It's that time of the year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on tonight's season opener between the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Just briefly take us through the Carolina defense. What do they do well? What areas are you concerned about entering this season? I love the defensive line. The defense last year in the final six games of the season, actually, I read this the other day, they were basically a top 10 unit. I mean, they were sixth in total yards allowed, ninth in total points allowed, and seventh in, sa- and seventh in sacks per pass attempt. So they can go back to that this year when you add A.J. Boye, who's going to miss the first two weeks of the season with the league PED suspension. Hassan Redick had 12 and a half sacks last year. You bring in Daquan Jones at defensive tackle, who has been a solid starter for Tennessee Titans the last couple of years, a team that played an AFC title game just, what, two years ago. I, I love those additions, especially when you talk about Brian Burns, excuse me, who is very close to being a breakout player. Somebody thinks to be a pro bowler this year and have 10-plus sacks. Jeremy Chin. Could have been defensive rookie of the year last year if the guy named Chase Young didn't exist. Derek Brown was their first-round pick last year. Thought he looked good towards the end of the season. Just didn't have that veteran next to him. And when you bring in Daquan Jones to play next to him, I'm really excited about all the options. And even some of the guys, the ancillary dudes, like Frankie Louvu, who was brought in to just be a special teamer, looked really good when it came to pass rush this preseason, him and Marquise Haynes and Etor Gross Matos, who was a second round pick out of Penn State, who was banged up a little bit last year. There's plenty of pass rushing options for the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to be spectacular when it comes to the pass rush this season. Linebacker, a little bit of a concern. Shaq Thompson's been around for a while. He's a veteran. I know fans haven't always been a fan of Shaq Thompson. Thought he played fairly well last year. Jermaine Carter Jr. now taking over as a middle linebacker after beating out Denzel Perryman, who then was later on shipped over to the Las Vegas Raiders, but at safety, it's kind of a concern. Like Jeremy Chin going back to his natural position, I feel good about that. Last year, Justin Burris, who's a former Jet as well, I don't know if you can really make too much of what he did. He only had one play where he had a game-saving interception on the road against Atlanta that really stood out to you. There's just not much depth there. So if I had any concern on the defense, maybe the safety depth, even though I think the Carolina Panthers really like the two young guys that they have back there in Sam Franklin and Sean Chandler. You know, Julian, we've heard of lots, lots of familiar names for Jets fans. They would talk to Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and then some lesser-known names, Pat Elfline, who played with the Jets the second half of last season, Justin Burris, Frankie Lubu. But there's one other familiar name, and that's Matt Rule. And when the Jets hired Adam Gase a couple of years ago, they chose him. They almost hired Rule, and things fell apart because the Jets' front office demanded control over his coaching staff. I'm not going to go on a rant over how ridiculous that was. But I'm interested in your impressions on Rule after one season, whether you think he is the right guy for the job, whether you think he has the Panthers moving in the right direction. I certainly think he has them moving in the right direction. I was 
baffled by their decision for another former Jet, Teddy Bridgewater, for why, for them signing him. I, I understand why they would do it because Teddy played in New Orleans, was there with Joe Brady. He knows the offense, so it's an easy transition. They clearly didn't want to bottom out and be a bad team. They wanted to try and be competitive, which they were. Last season, they were 0-8 in final-minute drives where they either had to tie or win the game. So it was a, it's national football. These guys weren't getting blown out, so they had opportunities pretty much every week to go out there and win the football game that they obviously failed on. And in large part, Teddy Bridgewater is a reason, and that's why he's no longer here in Carolina. So I think Matt Rule at least has done a good job now with Scott Fitter, the new general manager who came over from Seattle in building this roster. He's brought in a lot of former Baylor and Temple guys where he coached in college to kind of implement his culture. Having veterans like McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson on the roster certainly helps, and DJ Moore. So I think – Culture-wise, these guys have bought in to what he's selling them. I do think that next year, because that's when you typically see with Matt Rule back when he's at Temple and at Baylor, you see a big leap in that second season. And then you see that huge leap in that third season where they were a 10-1 team at Temple. They were an overtime away from going to the college football playoff at Baylor. I think next season is when we're going to really see Matt Rule build this organization this franchise into a playoff contender once again and pretty much every head coach in Carolina Panthers history has been to the playoffs except for one so I do expect them to get to the playoffs one day the only thing is David Tepper the owner of the Carolina Panthers promised us sustained success I'm not here for a playoff run miss the playoffs for a couple seasons playoff run miss the playoffs for a couple seasons that's been the history of the Carolina Panthers for the past 26 years they've never had back-to-back winning seasons if you can get back-to-back winning seasons Matt rules are is okay in my book that's what I want to see. I want to see constantly being in the playoffs and constantly being a contender in the NFC. So I think he's on track to get to the playoffs one day. Whether he can sustain it, that's to be determined. Julian, great chatting with you. I hope you enjoy the game. Perhaps us chatting again in February for the Super Bowl is a little bit too ambitious, but maybe one day we'll be there. Yeah, who knows, man? Anything, anything can happen. I saw Bill Barnwell on uh, Wednesday on ESPN. He made a case for all 32 teams and how they can make the Super Bowl. So even the Panthers and even less so the Jets have an opportunity uh, to make the, the Super Bowl this year and win it. We'll see. But it would be awesome to be able to talk to you uh, later on, I guess, in, what, in February, I guess, when they're in Los Angeles. So that'd be cool. But, John, excited for the game on Sunday. Excited to see uh, what the Jets have in store for this, this season and what the Panthers have in store. Awesome catching up with John Butzko, the host of Locked on Jets. Make sure to check him out wherever you get your podcast from. Like you can check out Locked on Panthers, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council, wherever you get your podcast from. Rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey. You already know all the spots. You already know how you listen. Make sure, again, to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow, weekly Friday mailbag, get in your questions right now as you're listening to the show. Get them in right now, even if it's Sunday, and you're now listening to the show. I don't care. Get the questions in for next Friday, but get them in. I'll answer them tomorrow. Very excited to have our first Friday mailbag leading into a regular season game here on my first time on Locked On Panthers doing this. We're finally in the regular season. No more speculation. We can actually talk about what's going to happen on the field in games that actually matter, and I cannot wait. Cannot wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank you so much for the support as always. Keep pounding. Talk to you Friday.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.